This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path Hunters Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. podcast it's your boy paul lamb here in the house thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast i appreciate every single one of you for just giving me your time it really means a lot to me and if you guys are joining in for the first time welcome to the podcast it's a podcast dedicated to helping frustrated unfulfilled individuals to find their purpose and passion unleash their inner beast and become path hunters um, a good friend of mine connected uh, me and my guest here today as he thought i would you know resonate with my guest's journey and um, what she's been through and everything and um, boy he was right you you know sometimes you have this inner calling that you're meant to go somewhere in the world you're meant to have this experience that you're meant to have um, which leads me to, t- today, uh, to say today's guest is um, she actually followed this inner calling of hers and uh, she's done some pretty amazing stuff. She's a holistic therapist, yoga teacher, storyteller, mental health advocate, speaker, and writer. I have in the house Lorita Gorman. Lorita is such a beautiful soul where we had an amazing conversation about her journey and how everything, I resonated so much with her. It got to the point where I felt like a parrot just repeating everything after her and everything. Um, so I won't keep you guys waiting any further. Lorita Gorman, everyone. <laughs> gentlemen uh, path hunters i have an awesome here guest guest here today larita gorman how are you doing today larita i'm fantastic how are you doing good good so um i have your bio up here and everything and you know i'm gonna read it off and everything because i really love it where uh you know you call yourself a holistic therapist yoga teacher storyteller mental health advocate speaker and writer and it's truly amazing how you 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 envision you put yourself as a storyteller because not a lot of you know writers and everything would do that right so i find that very amazing um i did that little snippet there but again it doesn't do you any justice um yeah so i'll let you do exactly um you know let all my listeners know like what you do and and who are you for those of you know don't know who you are and everything for sure. Thanks so much. Um, so I have a background in social work and mental health. I, that's my, you know, my official trade. Uh, I went to school for nine years uh, to become a social worker and therapist. And I've also along my journey have um, received other certifications in, in yoga and also in trauma sensitive yoga and meditation um, and other kind of holistic modalities. And I bring everything together and I kind of fuse it all together um, as one big package to really help people along their, along their path and along their journey. And now in the stage I'm at in my life now, uh, I really am finding that my passion for travel is a huge part of the work that I do with people. And so I've been telling my stories along the the road, less traveled, and it's really made an impact on some people. 
And so I kind of combine everything into one big package. <laughs> love it. I love it because, you know, that's the reason I resonate so much with your story and everything. Um, I, I'm gonna, we're going to hold that off a little bit because I want to know um, what was your life before um, you went into all of this and who you are today, right? Like, bring us, paint us a little picture of how, what, uh, what you were, you know, who you were back then, basically, right? Before I hit the road? You yes. Mean? Yeah, okay. So um, basically, I was kind of, you know, the average, average woman, you know, going to school and getting my career up and going as a social worker. So before I left Canada, I was working at a mental health organization as a clinical social worker. So I was working with young people with severe mental health issues, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five type of gig. And, and although I got into the field of social work because I love working with people and, and being a support system for them and really guiding them to health and wellness, um, it was a really stressful job. It was very taxing on me physically, mentally, and emotionally, and I found myself really drained and um, depleted. And it also wasn't the kind of position where my skills were being used to their full potential. You know, I know I had skills in other areas. and. I just feel like it wasn't exactly my work in the world, although I was, you know, being of service to these people mm. um, and it was along the same lines. It wasn't exactly my my thing. So mm. I was working Monday to Friday, nine to five. I was in a relationship at the time and, you know, doing the, the regular thing. I found myself just really worn out and stressed out and and all the while. So while I worked in this company, I actually worked with them for a total of nine years and I was that staff member who would bank up all my vacation time. So I'd save up all my weeks of vacation mm -hmm. and I would do a big trip. Um, so I would go away for, you know, four to six weeks and, and do some backpacking trips here and there. And I would always be on my flight home, always thinking of when's my next trip? When's my next trip? And that wasn't long enough and I need to hit the road for longer. And <laughs> it was always this big dream of mine. And, uh, and I would always come back home and I'd be already planning the next one. So, and that's kind of, how my life was for so long <laughs> i love it because i resonate so much like me and you align so much i recently just tossed <laughs> in my um uh, my two weeks my last thursday was actually my last day of work and it, i know exactly <laughs> i know i know it's li really liberating and yet scary at the same time there's like all these mix of feelings right but um, for sure I, I know what that's like and I feel you on that one because um, going in 9 to 5, getting drained after 5 o'clock hits and you're literally looking forward to the weekend is such a terrible trade-off. Five days for only two days off, right? Yeah. Such a exactly. crappy trade-off. Whoever invented that was just I was just like, oh my gosh, who did that? Who did this? Let's find that person. But, <laughs> oh my I'm serious. Like it's just whoever whoever invented that. It's just who 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 started this, and obviously they'll yeah. never they'll never step forward. But but <laughs> <laughs> it's usually that. But um, so so where have you traveled though, uh, Larita? Like, what was the most wonderful place that you've uh, you've been to? Oh wow, I would say. I've been to so many beautiful places and different places have touched me for different reasons and have really helped in my own development and growth as a as a woman and as a human being. I would have to say uh, that India has been my my most favorite country that I visited. And it's interestingly enough, that was actually the one country that I didn't think I would survive traveling in. Uh, it was the country I was most apprehensive and nervous about, just given you know things that I'd been reading online and, and in the media and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yet it's the country that's changed me the most. What made you go? Like, what was uh, what was the inspiration? What was 
Was it just a challenge? Help me. Was it a challenge What's that? Sorry. Oh, um, sorry. You you cut off for a second there, Lorita. Oh, sorry. Where did I cut off? <laughs> um, the India was your your favorite place, but they're from the media, and yeah. So yeah, it was my favorite country to travel, and it's funny because uh, it was the country I was most apprehensive and nervous to visit, mm-hmm. just given the media um, and and things I've heard about it, and so. I didn't even think that I would last traveling in that country, to be honest. I thought, you know, after a few weeks, I'd be getting on a flight and heading to Thailand or something. (laughs) Um, But I ended up staying in India for three months. And then I actually returned twice, two other times within the past year to India. And now I have a 10-year visa for the country. So, (laughs) Booyah. Booyah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's it's what what made you decide India though like even though hearing all about um, all the stuff that's going on in the media like for some people it, it would deter them from choosing that country right like instead of and well where you was completely opposite you know I was like you know just go right into that country what made you decide to go? Well, it's interesting. India has always been on my radar and it, it's never been for any particular reason. It's just more of like an intuitive feeling that I've had for years that, you know, I meant to go and travel and explore India for whatever reason. And, and maybe given, you know, my yoga uh, passion and meditation and whatnot. And, but the interesting thing is actually is back in 2014, my partner at the time and I were supposed to, we were planning a trip to go to India and Nepal and we hadn't booked our flight yet. And it was a month before we were departing, but in our heads we had planned, okay, we're going to India, we're going to Nepal. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking at flights and whatnot, and there was something inside of me that kept saying, no, no, you're not going to India, not yet, you're not going right now. And my ego mind was trying to challenge it. My ego mind was saying, yes, yes, but I want to go to India so bad. Mm-hmm. But my spirit was saying, not yet, you are going to go there, but you're going to go there later and you're going to go by yourself. You're not going with anybody. So now, in hindsight, looking back, it makes complete sense why I needed to go there um, at a later date and by myself. And it's just, it's such a, it's a, such a fascinating culture and country. And I've just been so interested to learn more about their culture, their traditions, their practices. And, and really, you know, they have, they've, they've birthed yoga and yoga is such a big part of my life as well. So mm. I really wanted to dive into that and explore the place where it was born. Love it. I'm really, really fascinated by by the calling that's within, you know, even though you have no relation, no ties or never been been there before or, the, you know, don't even speak the language. Right. So I, I'm very fascinated by that <laughs> calling because I have that as well, too. Uh, I'm, I'm getting really excited in this in this interview right now. I love it. Um, Amazing. <laughs> and so 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 I want to dial it back a little bit. So. Going into back where we were talking about in the beginning where you're, you know, you're doing your nine to five job and, and you're feeling drained. And then, you know, you you didn't travel, you know, about, you know, three weeks or so. You you banked all your vacation time to go one awesome trip and everything. So what happened after that? What happened? Yeah. So after that, you know, after my last trip, which would have been in 2014, I did two months in Vietnam, Thailand and Cambodia. And I came back from that trip. And again, it was the same as always, you know, already researching the next destinations and how am I going to make it possible? And for years, I've always known I've always had that wanderlust soul and that calling. And I've for just to travel long term. And I would see other people doing it. 
and I would see and I become envious and I was like, wow, you know, they're they're living the life that I want to live. And I always thought that they had some kind of, you know, tricks up their sleeve or they inherited a bunch of money through their family or something to make it happen. And it just seemed so far fetched. It just didn't seem like I could make it a reality. And time went on, I continued to do, you know, my work, and I always had this fear, it was always this like crippling and debilitating fear of actually making it happen and doing it. And then there was one really, really defining moment. And I'll never forget it. And I was sitting in my kitchen. And this was the summer or fall of 2014. And I was, you know, as usual, googling different destinations and countries and being fascinated by it all. Mm -hmm. And there's this one moment where the fear of not doing it, it finally tipped and it started, the fear of not doing it outweighed the fear of actually doing it. And that was the big energetic shift for me. It was that moment where I was more fearful to live my life, become 90 years old and look back on my life in such regret. And I made a decision that day energetically, I said, that's not happening. I am not living my life like that. We get one shot at this life. It is not a dress rehearsal. And I need to just do what I'm called to do. And so from that point on, from fall 2014, I energetically made a decision. And then from then on, every conversation I had, every penny that I made went into a savings account. And everything was energetically geared towards hitting the road in 2015. And I wrote a proposal to my employer for a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And I submitted it, and even just hitting the submit button, like it took a, a while to build up the courage to do that. Because I said, once I put it out there, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got back to me within a month, and they approved it. And as soon as they approved it, I was like, oh wow, I guess I am going. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, yeah. So fall 2014 is when I started the process, and by. November 25th, 2015, I was on a flight to India and which I so I just celebrated celebrated my my one year travel anniversary just the other day. Ooh. So yeah. Oh my gosh. We should um if you're ever in Thailand the next couple months, you know, we should celebrate. We should connect and celebrate if you're ever in Thailand because I Absolutely. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. You said it. So. <laughs> For sure. I yeah, hold me accountable. Okay, <laughs> we'll sounds... make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to sound like a parrot and echo exactly everything that you just said because I, it's funny because I'm, I'm I went through the exact same thing, the tipping point, the fe- the redirecting of fear of you, you know, ninety years old, looking back at the the glorious life that could have been just because you were afraid, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and it was it's it's an awful awful feeling this is not a practice life right this is right. you don't get a second chance at this and exactly it's non-renewal moment money comes and goes everything else you know but your time once it's gone it's gone that's right right that's right you got one life to live it well and love it hard so <laughs> do what matters and make it happen <laughs> exactly so so probably so you were there as well too so as the point where for me it's actually you know you're booking the flight it's getting more real it's getting ready mm-hmm. it's, it's get the date's getting closer and everything it's, it's it's some serious stuff right like it's not an easy thing to do can you describe what that feeling was like can just so my audience can hear like just because i like to hear that rawness about like um what were you going through? What Absolutely. was running you through mine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I actually have an additional story that touches on this. Yes. So and it was another test from the universe. I do believe in like divine intervention and Same. the universe, you know, constantly testing you to see what your commitment level is. And mm-hmm. so 
my original departure date, my flight was booked. I was leaving Canada in October 2015. And my mom and I were supposed to be traveling to England just for one week so I could see my family there. Mm -hmm. And then my mother was continuing home and I was continuing to India in October. Two weeks to the day before my flight, I broke my wrist in a volleyball game. And I remember driving myself to the emergency department, praying and praying that it was just a sprain because that moment when I injured my wrist, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be backpacking and leaving Canada in two weeks. And I was rushing myself to emerge. And my old best friend from high school actually uh, was the nurse in charge. And and she looked at the x-ray and she just looked at me. And I actually just started bawling, not because of the pain, but just because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my whole trip, everything, you know, what am I going to do? And I'd already planned with work. I was already saying goodbye to my clients. I already had everything in place to leave in two weeks. And I had to get a cast on. And he said, you're going to be in a cast for about six weeks. Oh, no. And... Yeah, it was so it was so overwhelming. But that night when I broke it, I knew and I said to myself, okay, Larita, this is a test. And also, there's a reason I need to stay in Canada a little bit longer. There's some kind of reason. And I just have to trust that this is all for the right reason and right purpose. And so I, I ended up discovering why I needed to stay in Canada. First of all, I needed a bit more time to organize because I usually leave things to the last minute. <laughs> um, so I had a little bit of extra more buffer time because I was feeling really anxious about my departure date. But then unfortunately as well, um, I had a family, a really, really dear family member pass away. And so I actually got to be home with my family to grieve. And had that happened while I was on the road, that mm. would have been a lot more difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so being uh, an advocate for natural health, I didn't take any pain medication or um, any kind of drugs whatsoever, even the night I injured it because I wanted my body to heal naturally and get my cast off earlier. So instead of six weeks, I got my cast off in four weeks because I had a conference in India that I was speaking at. I was speaking at the Global Mental Health Conference. So I was committed and I said, I'm getting to that conference and I'm getting this cast off <laughs> and I'm getting my there. <laughs> so uh, I got my cast off in four weeks and I rescheduled my flight. And so I had to forego going to England with my mom, of course. And my flight was direct from Toronto to India. And leading up to that, I had so many emotions. I was excited. I was scared. I was terrified. I was anxious. I was happy. I was fulfilled. I was overwhelmed. I was, I was everything. It was a big mixed bag of emotions. And I'll never forget the day at the airport, at Toronto Pearson Airport. And my boyfriend at the time came to see me off along with my parents and I was a mess you know I was bawling my eyes out although I was taking a huge bold step towards my biggest dream in life I was so doubtful and full of fear and I didn't know like what am I doing and so I'm bawling my eyes out saying goodbye to my family and I make my way through the gates and I had a panic attack at the boarding gate and I was like what am I doing you know, why am I leaving everything behind? I'm throwing it all away. What? Like, this is crazy. Only crazy people do this. <laughs> and I called my best friend and I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I'm boarding the plane and I almost ran out the plane. And she so gracefully reminded me of my why. You know, she said, Larita, why are you doing this? You mm-hmm. tell me, why are you doing this? And she really, really reminded me. And it solidified for me, you know, that this has been my lifelong dream and, you know, it's now or never mm-hmm. and make it happen. And so that was the whole lead up up until 
I left for India. <laughs> Whew, I felt it. I felt it. I'm feeling it now, yeah. actually, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like that for me right now. And, and I, like I said, it's, it's, I don't want to echo everything all, all this whole entire interview, but wow like i'm i'm feeling the exact same thing right now i'm saying goodbye to everyone leaving everyone behind and for you you know you're so brave for that and i honor that and i honor you for just being so vulnerable and open about this i love it thank and, you thank <laughs> you i really appreciate that <laughs> and so so now you're on the plane and everything and so how did you how did you cope with this like did you constantly just remind yourself your why like why did i you know because your why is obviously much more than than everything else right it just means a lot it's now or never right did you just have an exercise or anything that you any techniques or anything uh well for me you know i was on my flights and it was a long journey i had a couple layovers and then i get to india and i'm in india and i remember sitting in my room thinking, I'm in India, and I'm alone, and I'm a woman, like, what is going on? What am I doing? <laughs> but I just really realized, like, for me, it's all about self reflection. And mm -hmm. so I for me, it's through writing. So that is my one biggest tool. And so I'd be writing in my journal, I'd be writing my blogs online, I'd be writing my stories and sharing very openly and vulnerably, like people who are following me on social media, they know that I'm very real and raw and open. And I, I bear it all because for me, I, I'm human first and foremost. And, you know, it's not just about the beautiful pictures of the travel sites I've seen, but, you know, what happens when you're actually going through these things. So for me, writing has been my biggest tool to really navigate all these difficult emotions being on the road as a solo female traveler. And so that was my biggest tool that I would use. Mm -hmm. And also recognizing that and trusting that this is my plan. You know, this is my message is bigger than my fear. And I, you know, I have important work to do in the world and, you know, this, this is my path and it's my job to step up to the plate and, and put it out there and to be of service to others. And so it's really about my message being bigger than any other thing. So I would just remind myself of what is my message? What am I here to do? How am I here to serve? And what is my purpose? And that really just helped to ground me and remind me to keep going and to keep the strength and the courage to follow the path. Mm, I love that. I love that. That was, wow, that was that was amazing. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I resonate so much with that. It's so beautiful. Um, wow. <laughs> so, so, now, so now moving a little bit, you know, shifting gears a little bit and everything. So if you ever met uh, someone that, you know, is working their nine to five like us, like, you know, what we did, you know, feeling unfulfilled and not happy and just, just simply just, you know, always consistently wants to do something but unable to, what kind of advice or message would you tell that person? Well, I think it's, you know, really allowing them to tune inward. And so the biggest thing for me is is creating space. You know, mm -hmm. if you're working Monday to Friday, you know, you have your responsibilities. Maybe you have a family, maybe you have kids and, and other things that you're tending to. But it's so important in terms of creating space for yourself and that self-care. And so creating space could mean so many different things for different people. It could be creating space to read, to write, to exercise, to go to yoga, to do meditation, to go for a walk out in nature. But 
it's so when you're in the Monday to Friday nine to five grind and you're constantly distracted and then you go home and you're constantly distracted with your family obligations and you're constantly distracted with everything, all these things on your to do list. There's no way that you can have space for anything else in your life because you're just so inundated with all these distractions. So for me, the biggest thing is creating a schedule of self-care. Like it's to the point where we live in a society where we have to schedule in self-care. And maybe that means saying, okay, at 8 p.m. every night, this is what I'm doing. Please don't disturb me. And, you know, telling your loved ones, like, this is my me time because that is where you're going to discover more of who you are and and get those inner nudges and whispers about those things that really light you up that you want to do. So that would be my first point of advice for people. And then to start implementing little pieces, you know, you it doesn't mean that everybody needs to just quit their job and travel the world because that's not everybody's path. And I respect that. But what is the other things that they're passionate about and how can they add little pieces into their day to day life and to really just create that sense of fulfillment so that they're more balanced and not feeling so stressed and drained with their Monday to Friday gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like that because it's always good to try to set aside the time and and just working towards something that moves that needle forward, right? So that's from what I'm hearing. And and yeah. I, I I agree. I agree with that. Like you you'll discover way much more being I, I would say even being intentional about it as well too, right? Because usually most right. of the time when people leave their nine to five job, they just go home, kick off their shoes you know, make dinner and then sit on the couch and watch TV and then repeat the next day. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so for me, my my philosophy in this quote that I kind of tell myself all the time is with distance comes clarity. Mm -hmm. And so with distance from the Monday to Friday, nine to five, with distance from the distractions in your day to day life, with distance comes clarity. And, And so we have to, it's our responsibility to create that distance in our day to day life, whatever that is. It could be an hour, it could be a couple hours, it could be on the weekend, but just really creating that space for yourself to dive into those things. Ooh, value bombs coming from Lorita left and right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we, the mic's on fire. I'm telling you, it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so, so, <laughs> so now tell us about um, what's what's been your great like. What what have you been passionate about lately, Lorita? What am I passionate about lately? Yeah. Ooh, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> for me, obviously, travel has been my biggest my biggest passion right now, mm-hmm. and using travel as a vehicle for transformation. And so, for me, travel is. It's one of those biggest introspective experiences where you really tune into yourself and discover who you really are and you come home to yourself Mm -hmm. because that's what home is. You know, home isn't the familiarity of four walls and a roof over my head. Home is who I am, you know, who Larita is in her true self as her best self. Mm -hmm. And so that's what traveling has has brought for me. And that's what I'm really passionate about. And I'm passionate about creating those experiences for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm leading, you know, global retreats around the world, because I want to bring people, I want to extract them from their mundane day to day life. And I want to bring them to a beautiful destination and dive in as we travel inward within themselves and outward to another destination to really create some massive shifts in their life. So I'm super passionate about that right now. And also 
being of service in, in local communities around the world. And, you know, there's people in need and, you know, there's things that we can provide. And I want to, you know, bring groups of people and do really meaningful work in the world and communities. Mm-hmm. So those are my main passions right now. I love it. It's amazing. It's um, it's so so refreshing to hear you know um, someone to care so much about the impact opposed to you know the profits and everything right. Most people are usually hungry for the money and everything, but you know you don't you don't find too many people um, that you know always wants to just serve and create impact and everything. So I love that very much. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I think it's just you know. For me, my belief is that that's what we're all born here to do is to serve, whether big or small, doesn't matter, but just even little ways in our day-to-day life, you know, how can we just create some small impact in our local communities or with people in our lives? And that is how we shift and change the world. Mm, It's true. (laughs) And I always like to say is, you know, know, when the time I leave, the world, you know, I want the world to be a little bit better than the way I found it. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I love it like that. It's great. Um, So, you know, I'm sure all my listeners must be wondering, how do you sustain this kind of lifestyle? Because I'm sure they're all wondering, like, how does she travel? How does she do that? Oh, yeah. That's the like the number one golden question us travelers always get is how do you afford to travel? How do you sustain yourself? And so I have a few kind of, you know, different things up my sleeve, I guess. So first and foremost, I worked three jobs prior to leaving Canada and I saved and I saved and I saved and I saved. So I left Canada with a good chunk of money and that was, you know, a cushion for me to, to set, to set sail. Mm -hmm. And then during my travels, I, I travel as cheaply as I can. So, you know, staying in accommodations that are really cheap and sourcing out cheap food. And when you're traveling in certain countries, it's really easy to live cheaply and, you know, you're living you know, you don't you don't need all the things that you think you need at home and you're not spending the type of money that you would spend at home because there's there's not that societal pressure to spend that money and, and buy the new toys and buy the new clothes and things like that. So you're basically your main sources of um, expenses are, you know, food, accommodation and transportation. Mm-hmm. And so I would just source it out as cheaply as possible. Um, And then I'd also exchange my services in exchange for a bed to sleep in and especially in expensive countries. So right now I'm actually teaching yoga at the hostel here in exchange for my bed. So I'm not paying anything for my accommodation at all. So that's a huge portion of my expenses being taken care of because I'm doing something I love and I'm doing it in exchange for a service. So I I do that and I reach out to to different people and, and offer my services in that capacity. I'm also doing a little bit of online work as well, some freelance work, and then also some online coaching and counseling work with clients. So it's, and then I'm also running my retreats as I'm traveling around the world as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a, it's kind of a bunch of different um, strategies that I'm using to help sustain me as I go. Mm-hmm. And it's it's wonderful because we live in a world where it's kind of at the point where where we're able to do that right we're able to to utilize the internet in whatever form or way or fashion to work in our favor to sustain this kind of lifestyle exactly i love it like that it's crazy yeah it's amazing the time we live in that this is actually possible you know 20 years ago this was not even a thing (laughs) yeah and over the years we've had other trailblazers really pave the way for us to really be able to harness it and use it 
Exactly, exactly. Wow. Now, so the other question as well that, you know, there's so many ways of how to make money online and everything. And so so for you, it's just, you know, providing your service and everything. It seems like to me, it's kind of like, it just means that, it sounds to me like you would never ever want to go back to your nine to five and you would do anything as much as you can just try to maintain this kind of lifestyle. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's the goal. And actually right now, interestingly, I, so my whole goal before I left Canada was to get a work, to get a working visa for Australia, because my goal was always to explore what it was like to live in another country and, and work in my field. So right now I have a temporary job and I'm a clinical social worker at a hospital, which is amazing. And it's a Monday to Friday, nine to five thing, but it's, it's a temporary thing because that was always my goal and I wanted to make sure that I fulfilled that goal. And so once I complete that contract, then I'll be back on doing, you know, my, my other stuff and building my online business and everything. And I'm still running my retreats. So, um, I am doing a, a, a typical Monday to Friday nine to five, but here's the interesting thing is that it feels completely different than what I was feeling at home, which is fascinating. So why do you think um, that is? Um, I think it's, well, for, I think first and foremost, the social, the social work profession is more highly regarded out here in Australia, mm-hmm. and we're valued and respected a lot more in our roles. So I think for me, that's a, that's been a huge um, shift, and it's very refreshing um, to have that. And you know, I'm, I have more responsibility, and I'm being able to, and I'm being valued for that. So I think that that's a huge part of it. Um, and and I'm not feeling drained, and I'm still feeling energized, and that's also because I'm still working on my stuff my online stuff as I go as well you know I have big projects coming up next year and and big goals and visions and dreams and so I'm constantly working towards that so once I'm and that's just a really it's just an experience that I've always wanted to have is to work as a social worker in another country Mm. because you know I'm, I'm a big mental health advocate and I want to understand cross culturally how mental health is is treated and dealt with in different countries and I did some mental health work in India as well so I'm just trying to really gain a lot of uh, international experience in a field that I'm passionate about and then take my learnings and my skill set and knowledge from these experiences and then build it into into my own business as I continue mm, I like that because you're it doesn't it doesn't even feel like work then for you from what it sounds like no then. yeah no mm. not at all not at all so you would even probably do for free, but you know what the cool part is you're getting paid for it now, which is great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's it's totally different than uh even though if you're doing your nine to five job, it, it's all if it aligns with your passion, it just it just feels perfect then. It doesn't feel like work. I like that. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, because then it doesn't feel like work and you you get up and you're excited and you're motivated and you feel inspired every day and mm-hmm. and and that's what matters, right? So yeah, this has just been a new I literally just started in this gig about, you know, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago or whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's really new and it's a very short term thing and, and that's what I like. It's a it's a short term experience that I'm getting and then I get to move on to something else mm-hmm. and sort of continue to work on my my business and work online as a digital nomad. Love it. Wow. Now, so I want to know roughly, you know, what was your lowest point when you were, whether it's, you know, you taking off or whatever, what would you consider your lowest point in your life? In my life or during my travels? Uh, In your life. Ooh, um, 
That's a tough question. Um, <laughs> That's probably a lot. Like everybody goes through ups and downs, right? But yeah, it has to be one particular um, one. Yeah, I would have to say when I went through my divorce several years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was a really difficult period, even though I was the one who initiated it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really difficult transition because I knew I knew that I needed to end the relationship and I knew that it wasn't the right relationship for me. But what that meant was, you know, it's it's kind of like the whole Monday to Friday nine to five gig too. It's it's the same thing, you know, with relationships. There's this societal pressure and norms of, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody and then you move in and then you get engaged and you get married and then you have kids and you know the typical kind of paper plan life. Mm-hmm. And um, I intuitively knew that it wasn't it this wasn't the right situation for me and so I made a really difficult decision to to end things and even though I'm the one who instigated it it was still very difficult because it was a living grief um you know I was grieving a relationship I was grieving a person that I loved and cared for and at the same time I was grieving the family and friends that I also inherited as a result of that relationship and so for a a long time, you know, I, it was really about reinventing myself and rediscovering who Larita is mm-hmm. w- now that I don't have those labels attached to me. You know, who am I? You know, what do I stand for? What are my values? And, and what is my work here in the world? So it was a really deep introspective period in my life. And mm-hmm. I essentially had to start all over. You know, I had to establish new friendships and new uh, social circles and new interests, new hobbies, new everything. And living on my own and doing my own thing. And so it was so difficult during that period, but also such a blessing uh, as well. And it was so divinely, you know, needed to happen for him and for me. Mm -hmm. And um, it took a while to kind of get myself, you know, reintegrated, but I did. And Mm -hmm. now here I am and I'm happy and I'm doing the work I love and Mm -hmm. I couldn't be more blessed. So sometimes... Sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are one of the same. Yeah, no, it's and true. And so sometimes we have to make, yeah, sometimes we have to make really hard choices and decisions. And in the beginning, it's always, you know, really hard, like ripping off the Band-Aid. But then the wound heals and the pain subsides and, and then you then thrive afterwards. So, yeah, no, I agree. Like it's, um, it's constant. I would always say it's always, I never used the word hate. But I mm. I hate what society puts on you as a label. Right? Mm-hmm. Society outlines that you have to go to school, you have to finish it, you have to climb the corporate ladder, and mm-hmm. you have no choice, right? So mm-hmm. so for those of us that I always say that wakens up, like awakens, and and we kind of have to figure out who is Lorita, who is Paul Lamb. Aside from all this label, like who are you? Yeah, when you start to peel back the layers and remove the titles, and because if you ask somebody, oh, you know, tell me about yourself, that everybody's response is, oh, well, you know, this is my job title, this is what I do, and I'm in a relationship and I have kids, right? Yeah, yeah. But but besides those titles and those roles you play in your life who actually are you in your essence and your true self underneath all that who are you Mm -hmm. and it's not about those titles or those roles that you play in your life it's much much deeper than that yeah no it's true i i I love i love that it's very much wow it's um so now what was your highest 
point in your life? What was the one moment you're like, wow, it was so surreal, and you're laughing like a maniac, <laughs> Lynn? Just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's real. So. <laughs> Uh, well, that's happened a lot during the year of traveling. I've had <laughs> so many moments where I pinch myself and I, I always, actually I do a lot of videos of my travels and I find myself always saying, is this real life? Is this real life? <laughs> so, um, it's hard to choose just one, Paul. It's really difficult. I've had so I many bet. beautiful moments. You know, there was this one particular experience during my travels where, I was hiking through, literally through the jungle, and it wasn't a set path. It was literally like hanging on tree branches and pulling yourself up and getting to the top of this waterfall. And I remember walking out once we reached the top, and I walked out, and the view literally took my breath away, and, I, and tears filled up in my eyes as I'm looking at this like expansive landscape at the top of this waterfall. And it was just a really beautiful moment where it just reminded me you know this is living this is life you know these moments and it's it's not about all those other things that society tells us it's about and so I've had so many moments like that where a scenery has literally taken my breath away and it's really those moments that are so defining for me so that would be one that was in Borneo um, that was an amazing amazing experience it was probably one of the best days of my entire trip so far um, so I've had like so many different moments like that. I've had moments up in the Himalayas where I got to be a student of the Dalai Lama and, you know, how surreal that was and to literally be in a, in his temple, in his Tibetan temple and learning from such an inspirational human being, um, in, in the flesh. Did right? you get to so meet him too? Did you, did you meet him? I never, he walked right past me. Uh -huh. Oh, there's a lot of people. <laughs> Um, but no, he was about three feet away from me and he was oh. giving a blessing to a young child, which was beautiful. Um, so I didn't actually get to, get to, it's really difficult to meet him. Mm. Um, I've met monks who've been trying for years and they haven't been successful yet. So, <laughs> but just to be in his presence and be a student of his teachings was absolutely beautiful. I bet. It's a different energy, right? When you go in. Oh my gosh, completely. <laughs> <laughs> I was among all these Tibetan refugees and it was just amazing absolutely amazing just learning about their traditions their practices and their stories you know their stories when um of them fleeing their country and, and finding exile right so it was really beautiful just something about just going to different countries and just being immersed into this world because it helps you realize that you are really small in this world actually and the world oh, is so big yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like we're so tiny and there's so many bigger things out there. And um, and that's why I, I truly believe that our, our message is, is bigger than us. And so to keep focus on our message rather than ourselves, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's so much work needed to, needed in this world and everybody has a gift. And, you know, it's up to us to, to use it and to make impact. For sure. Oh, I agree. Now, so what um, what are you grateful for lately? I know you. I already. I probably know a few already, but I just. Um, <laughs> but um, I just like to hear some of your things that you're you're grateful for. You wake up, you're like, oh my god, can't believe it. Yeah. Well, throughout my travels, I've really been able to embody a much different sense of gratitude. And literally, when I wake up every day, you know, the fact that my eyes open and my heart is still beating is such a blessing. And before, you know, I really would have taken that for granted. I, I would never reflect on that upon 
getting up in the morning. I would be getting up being like, oh, crap, my alarm just went off and I got to rush to get myself ready and get out the door and get to work, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas throughout my travels, I wake up thinking, I'm alive. You know, I have another day on this earth and let's make today great, whatever that is, right? So it's just it's another opportunity to have a meaningful conversation with somebody, to laugh with somebody, to smile at a stranger in the street or something, just something small, right? So yeah. I literally wake up every day and I'm just so happy that I have a, another shot at this thing called life because, you know, it's so fragile. That's what I've realized on the road. You know, life is so fragile and we live in a time where we think, you know, we're all just going to die when we're old and gray. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's important to just live every day as literally, like as cliched as it is, but as it, as if it's your last, right? So I'm really grateful for that every day when I wake up. I'm really, really, really grateful for, for my tribe. I have an amazing supportive tribe of people back home in Canada who've been following my journey, who've been reading my posts, who've been watching my videos, and their amount of love and support for me has been so overwhelming and and completely unexpected. You know, there's people who I have on my Facebook who I haven't spoken to in years, and they're just so amazing. They're reaching out to me, and they're saying how much my traveling and my stories have impacted them in some shape or form which has totally blown me away so i'm so grateful for their their support it's really been a huge motivator encouraging me to keep going mm-hmm. um that would be another thing I'm, I'm super grateful for and i'm just grateful for having the opportunities that have been placed before me you know when you start traveling there's just certain people that you meet along the way or certain destinations you reach and it ends up it's like this ripple effect and then it leads like meeting this person then leads to something else or going to this place then leads to something else so I'm super grateful for um just the you know the serendipity of it all (laughs) yeah yeah this is the point where I give you like a virtual high five and we're gonna hug (laughs) it out because you know you're (laughs) because it's 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 hitting home hitting home and I'm just pounding on my heart right now just like wow I know I know I know what it feels like (laughs) well so so Lorita I really wanted to be you know respectful of your time and everything and um, we're just gonna wrap it up with uh, two more questions and everything and uh, before we do that I want to let you know that um, I honor you for you know just being so open vulnerable and and just really raw and just uh, telling us your story and everything it truly you know means a lot to me and impacts me and you've helped me personally in so many ways that you can't even imagine and you've definitely are making an impact in the world for sure thank you so much paul honestly it's been such a pleasure and honor to just get connected with you and for you to create space um for me to to share my story on your platform but also creating space for so many others and the work that you're doing is incredible and i'm so excited to see all the future podcasts and the amazing people that you're going to have on your show so thank you thank you (laughs) and so now um, where do you usually hang out where all the path hunters can stalk you virtually and everything? <laughs> <laughs> so my Instagram is well on the road. So W E L L and then on the road. Mm-hmm. That's my Instagram account where you can see the photos and, and read the stories. 
And then I also have the Facebook account Well on the Road. And then I have my website, wellontheroad.net and also laritagorman.com. So um, that's kind of a, a work in progress. Those websites are up and running, um, but I'm actually just kind of doing some, some revamping of some of those things. But those are where people can find me and reach out. Um, if they want to follow the, the journey or get subscribed, then they can do that through the website. And then also my YouTube channel, Well on the Road. Perfect. I just literally followed you just now. Nice. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I literally just did. And <laughs> and um you know, <laughs> love it. Um so the other th- so the final two questions this is called the Path Hunters podcast. So when you hear the term Path Hunters, what uh comes to mind? Ooh, great question. Um well, I think of like a synonym like trail bla- trailblazers. Um when I think of it I just like I just think of chasing your dreams and and seeking freedom and being so fierce and bold as you move your way along your own path, paving the way for others to do the same. Mm, I like that. I like that. And um, so imagine this. So you're on the side of the road or you're somewhere where there's a lot of people going, a lot of traffic. Um, you're not necessarily, you know, homeless or anything like that, but um, you're have, you have a cardboard sign that you're able to write one message or one advice that it will impact someone's life for the better. What message would that be? Ooh, that's a great question. And I, as I, as somebody, if, once you start following my Instagram, you're going to realize I write really long posts. I know. So to ask me to condense something <laughs> is a huge challenge, and I'm working on that. <laughs> so this is another step out of my comfort zone. Um, for me, it's just live fully and love hard, and always, always, always trust yourself more than anything else in the world because you inherently know what your next step should be on that chessboard. Nobody else. (laughs) Perfect. I'm holding the other cardboard to that one. So it's going to continue on after always, always. (laughs) Yeah. Always, always, always. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Lorita, for coming onto the podcast. I appreciate you so much for just giving us your time and everything. And uh, I can't wait to see how your journey unfolds and maybe possibly have you on again soon. Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, let's meet up on the road. (laughs) Sounds good. I'm holding you to that, okay? (laughs) Okay, Thailand. I'll see you there, buddy. All right, have yourself a good one. Take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lorita, for coming to the podcast. That was Lorita Gorman, everybody. Check her out at loritagorman.com. If you guys have any information or anything like that, send her a message. Or you guys have any questions like that, send me a message at paul at pathhunters.com. Check out past episode as well, too, at pathhunters.com. And I hope all you fellow Pathhunters found some amazing value from this episode. If you guys know a friend or anything like that would resonate, share this episode. You know, I'm here to reach out and impact the world in such a positive way and I get everyone ignited and have everyone become path hunters. And I can't do this alone. So share that if you have any friends that would appreciate it. They will love you. I will love you and everything. I love you already, but check that out, okay? So check out the Path uh, Path Hunters website, pathhunters.com and And I appreciate you. Love you all. Take care.
hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.